Hello, my name's Gizzy Erskine. And I'm Sydney Lima, and this is Sex Live and DM Slides. Where we invite our celebrity friends to dive deep into their DM boxes to see what terrors lurk within. We'll be chatting about online trolls, online dating, perverted proposals, and why everyone's so weird on social media. Sex and Lies and DM Slides. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives and DM Slides. I am your presenter, Gizzy Erskine. And I am your very chilled presenter, Sydney Lima, <laughs> who hasn't had as much caffeine as the other one. Um, How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm excited today. We've got Lily Allen on yeah. and she's a very great human being, but we're talking about her vibrator range, so yeah. I'm kind of pumped about it. <laughs> No, um, I've got a few things I want to talk about, actually. Firstly, I would like to tell you... So, I mean, uh, we had an episode out a few weeks ago, which I mentioned the Zoom dancing. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. So, uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned basically a guy who sent into my DMs who was asking if I was available to dance on Zoom. Now, obviously, I feel that that was, that was an extension of um, a dodgy modelling pimp guy, essentially. See previous episode for more information. And I've had a lot of interest. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money. Up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from 50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. In getting these this company's details so that people can work for them. But they were essentially just asking me to strip online. So explain this. So somebody's actually got back in contact yeah, with you about got, asking you to dance. I've got a message saying, what was the Zoom dancing company? I'd be up for that. Let me know. As a guy did. No, it's a girl. A girl. A girl to dance. Oh, I think I'm absolutely (laughs) wally. I've also got a proposal this week. Come on. Uh, Will you marry me so I can get citizenship in the UK? (laughs) (laughs) You'll get citizenship in America too, to be honest. Quite a good deal. Well, not in this climate. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And then the next message a week later. Yo, shit is getting hairy over here. Please consider my offer. I'm funny and stuff. And I'm like, do you know what? That's better than most of the offers I'm getting at the moment. So um, obviously we've got Lily on today and she's bringing out some vibrators. And I've been looking at like the way that social media can get you off now. Um, <laughs> other than dating apps, etc. There are these new things called audio porn apps which is like sounds to get you in the mood to wank to. But there, are, there are companies called like Oral Honey but spent A-U-R-A-L honey and then there's like one called lush stories and literotica so they just like read erotic fiction so this is like a whole new i mean maybe maybe it's been there around for ages but it feels like a whole new movement have you ever i mean we should listen have to you ever come <laughs> <laughs> we should listen to um some oral yeah some, i don't um, know if we're allowed to do it for copyright reasons but i can send i can show you some but we should. We should listen to some. And, I mean, I'd be, I'd be really interested to see what, what that does to me. I can't imagine it's going to do much. Aren't humans more visual than... I mean, like, I actually I, wasn't true. No, because I don't think... like So I <laughs> I can come quickly on porn, but, like, I don't think it's, like, a very meaning, meaningful calm. <laughs> like, I don't think it's very worthwhile. I think it's, like, you could quick... I think that maybe there's more in, like, other senses than just visual. Yeah. I don't really... To be honest, I, like, grew up not really looking when I was having sex. 
Yeah, it's really strange. We've got such different points of view yeah, of I this. Know. I don't know. That's why but, we have the podcast to talk about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, look, okay, me and Gizzy are going to both try one app. And we'll we can try, compare notes. And we'll compare notes on our, our, uh, our comeback. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> A comeback. And here's Lily Allen. So thank you very much, Lily, for coming on our show today. How have you been? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. Sort of like quite zen at the moment. <laughs> feel feel pretty good. It would be um, it would be weird for us not to acknowledge the fact that you are a newlywed, newly married for the second time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. So let's talk about the wedding. So you you got married in Vegas. We did. We I- got married at the Graceland Chapel by Elvis, not Presley himself, but somebody impersonating <laughs> him. How good an impersonator was he? He was pretty good, actually. We bought the three-song package. <laughs> did you get to choose the songs? I don't think we did. I think that they just it just happened. But, yeah, and the vows were really funny. It was like, you know, I vow never to step on your blue suede shoes. There's <laughs> no religion, no family. It was great. Had you always wanted to get married in Vegas? No. No. It was I've never a... wanted to get married in Vegas. It Why was did you just, do it? It was sort of like... can say that you were like... drunk. <laughs> I was drunk. No, I wasn't. Um... Why did we get married in Vegas? Because we just wanted to get married and because the um, the lockdown situations everywhere, it was just really difficult. It, was, it seemed to be the only place sort of stupid enough to have ceremonies. So that's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> Interesting, though, that we didn't plan to announce it to anyone. Like, it was meant to be a very private affair. Then we were leaving Vegas, driving to Los Angeles, and Nevada, Clark County, tweeted our marriage certificate. Whoa. What? Yeah. So that saying of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas <laughs> is actually not. what happens in Vegas gets tweeted out by Vegas. I mean, that, that's a testament. I mean, obviously this show is about the internet and how fucking weird it's got. Mm. And that, how yeah. private can that be when you get it tweeted? <clears throat> yeah, it was weird. And then because it was such a lovely, pleasurable experience, I suddenly got the fear when we were like on the road because I thought, oh God, if the newspapers know that we got married, then they'll go to the chapel and offer their money for the pictures and then it will just all leave a sour taste in my mouth so I was just mm. like Got a let's just chuck this on Instagram yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do they do in the chapel do they do like photos like if you're on a kind of roller coaster in Fort Park is it kind of like, <laughs> kind of street? yeah I mean it was really like staged like silly pictures they were like you know you put your hand on her shoulder and like lean her over and Lily put your tuck your leg behind you I was like oh, I wish they did this on real photo shoot <laughs> yeah like guidance <laughs> Yeah. But actually, you do look very like Priscilla Presley, and those pictures were really beautiful. And actually, the dress was well, it was more a suit, wasn't it? Well, it was a yeah, it was a little um, sort of suity dress, I guess. It was I found it like literally an hour before. I was going to say, was that was it kind of like that whole vibe of well, like me and my in daughter and... had gone to a place called Beautiful Brides um, <laughs> that morning to go and like try on <laughs> rental dresses, and so we found one that was like very Dolly Parton-esque like massive Amazing. sleeves and diamantes and stuff and I was planning on wearing that and then me and my daughter went shopping and we went into the Dior store and found <laughs> this dress and then I was like what do you think of this and she was like well I don't think you're leaving this shop without it it's <laughs> <laughs> <was like>, okay <laughs> sold so you've recently launched, well, you're about to launch some sex toys. A sex toy. A sex toy. One sex toy. A clitoral massager. Where did the inspiration for this come from? <laughs> mm, where did it, well, it came, it was very organic, natural process because I wrote a book two years ago 
and I didn't really like masturbate or come really mm. until like my late 20s mm. and so I write about this in a bit in my book and I name check the actual product that I use which was this thing called a womanizer and they got in contact and said would you like to do a collab <laughs> like, yeah collab why not has the womanizer evolved since the womanizer the- yeah it has there's been so many different womanizers but <laughs> this one is the best womanizer what is I actually don't know what a womanizer is no. I think it uses pleasure air technology um, and it, it looks a bit like a hairdryer and mm. you put it on your clip oh yeah I've seen those and it wobbles around and you have an orgasm really quickly how quick like I mean <laughs> yeah, like time in, in a matter of minute like four minutes three minutes four minutes see it's very interesting even less sometimes really depends what you're watching (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very interesting what you say about um, coming because we we have this conversation I feel a bit like Sydney's big sister here and we're we're kind of quite different in the sense that I was quite sexually active even from eight years old I remember coming Mm. so I don't actually eight yeah I did I was like 18 no I said 15 the other day but I thought about it was 18 but that's your 20 and you said you, you still don't own a vibrator, do you? No, but I did have an ex-boyfriend who had an Eiffel Tower dildo. You're on my gifting list, so you will, yes. you will have one in a matter of days. <laughs> so you don't have a vibrator. Mm-hmm. You kind of said that you feel like you're kind of coming into your sexual prime-ish mm. thing. Sexual and awakening. And yeah. a lot of people don't really talk about this, is, is the point. And I think it's very cool to come out and talk about it. But there's been quite an interesting taboo. I mean, there was something I, I saw online recently that said women get brought up to understand about their periods. Mm -hmm. Um, We never get to talk about how to wank. Mm. I don't have the thing on me, so I'll I'll just make it up. But um, I read something recently about that there wasn't actually, like, any clinical studies done of the clitoris until, like, the late 80s. Like, it's ridiculous. Didn't literally know. Like, no one had done, like, a full-on scan of the vagina, like, looking at it for pleasure rather than just as a functional organ. Until the late eighties, it might even insane. have been early nineties. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like it. vouch against the nineties because I was a body piercer in Camden, and you're, you're I definitely pierced piercing by a lot of clitoris. Yeah, right do you know the clitoris isn't just the thing on the outside? Yeah, it's a it bridge. goes it's, all the mm. way around your lips and under, and it's like yeah. But that it was because of that test that they found that out. Fuck. Everyone I mean, had always just thought it was a little bean. Yeah, and it's not a little bean. That's <laughs> the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> How like from when you first kind of like started having sex has that changed as you go older and then with everyone kind of becoming more understanding of the clit and stuff like has that completely like shifted all the sexual experiences? Because I've noticed that that's been the case. Like as you get, to, you always told me like when you get to like mid late twenties that then you actually start having good sex and then before that it was just kind of a bit of a waste yeah. of time. I've got a theory that in your twenties you you're, you're a facilitator. Teamed, you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. you felt like a vessel for yeah. male yeah. enjoyment. hundred percent. I think that a lot of it is fear. I think that like we think as soon as you're not convincing him that he is doing a good job, he loses his confidence yeah. and then who knows what the fuck can happen yeah. when that yeah. happens. Like it can either turn to anger, yeah. it can turn to whatever. But 
but it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. Yes, it does all come from a fearful place. And I guess with programming, how we visualise sex as women is still the same way that men do, which is because of porn, you know. I suppose we had, like, Company Magazine or, like, Glamour Magazine, you'd be like, oh, look, here's a few tips, but actually... Oh, God, those tips are so dated now. (laughs) But actually, I mean, you said that you learnt a lot of how to have sex because of porn, and I think that that's quite a normal... Not yeah. how to have sex. But the point being is that it's all programming and actually to really... I mean, I guess it's these conversations that... Yeah. I mean, What's I your experience conversations with porn? Oh, well. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> um, I like a bit of granny porn. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I do go, st- I go through, like, mad stages of being into all sorts of freaky, weird shit. How does that vary? <laughs> I mean, a lot. You know? <laughs> so I can start off with a little bit of sort of gentle... Lesbianing and then like full blown gangbangs. I'm know? really into gangbangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually that sort of trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes even just like massaging and like fingering sometimes is quite. There's like, a really good thing. Me. You know, like you can YouTube how to make like a Victoria sponge or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you go and you porn, you can like you porn how to have these amazing orgasms. I would totally recommend it. So can you tell us a little bit more about these vibrators? Yeah, I mean, you just put them on your clitoris and then have an orgasm. Um, but <laughs> I do think that like the, what I've found interesting about them and what I find interesting about them now even is that there is that sort of myth and this toy cuts out that myth of like like in order to get into the mood of things you know you light a candle run a bath get your oils mm. out and do you, know, do you know what I mean and then you can sort of get in contact with yourself whereas this thing I think gives you probably more what it feels like to have to be a, a boy mm. in that you just chuck it on there it wiggles around and you're coming like, <laughs> it's not, there's not like any of that sort of pretense of the, the middle bit of like having to get into the mood mm. yeah, yeah just does the job that's what I like about it and especially like as a mum like I sometimes have to like get these things in like <laughs> in, in a certain amount of time yeah. I've got to pick the kids up from school in between the gym and doing studio stuff and it's like I've got 15 minute window to, like, <laughs> get the granny porn on yeah <laughs> I don't know if you remember the days when vibrators and dildos looked like dicks, like really, and they all, all the veins were intact. Oh, yeah. Like that. Not really into that. Mm. That's what my ex had. He had like a whole drawer <laughs> full of like, we had the Eiffel Tower one, which was like bright gold. So the actual Eiffel, like, Eiffel Tower. Tower. But then with like a kind of a head. Hmm. Like, so, so it was like, it oh, right, okay, really just the shape, or, or is it like the I, I think I think he used them on other people, like when we broke up, and I don't know what the, cu- the courtesy is of, Telling using. people. Well, no, yeah. just well, no. <laughs> more about using sex toys on mold, like other people. Can mm. you do that? Well, yeah. I, I feel mean, like on the washing machine. I'm sh- well, the dishwasher, not the washing machine. I know, but isn't it just like more of a kind of? Well, like, yeah, I think a bit of hand sanitizer. <laughs> 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 like the hand sanitizer. I don't. I don't love the idea. Of no, it, that's honest. what I mean. But, but, more like, um, like, but I guess if a dick's oh sorry, let's <laughs> get like, I think about the pragmatics. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't love it, but I also don't really mind that much. Does that make me a dirty bit? <laughs> <laughs> so, how many vibrators do you have? Oh, my God. So many. So many. I actually have, like, basically a washing basket in my bathroom that's got two sides to it. It's like a double wash. I guess you're meant to put, like, your whites and coloureds in it or your dry cleaning and something else, and it's actually just washing dildos. and dildos. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally goes to the top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what sort of difference? The one place I know my kids are never going to look yeah, at is the washing, washing. basket. <laughs> 
<laughs> all sorts of toys. I've got like gyrating ones. I've got different sizes, ones that go like back and forward, ones that like curl. Do you think the womanizer is kind of more of a key factor because do you, most women learn how to orgasm from their clitoris to begin with before discovering the G-spot? Or do you think that's maybe not true? That's a huge presumption. <clears throat> no, I don't think that. I think it probably is true. Mm. I think that the, the myth is yeah. that you need a penis to make you come. Mm. Yeah. Definitely all that porn where they're like, you know, fingering girls. No one, they never start like going by going in. Like no. there's a lot of work going on on the clitoris. So I'm, yeah. it's, it's a surefire way. Yeah. <laughs> Always, if you're listening. <laughs> Can we just throw some dildo facts at you? Yeah, what do you know do. about dildos? I mean, not I mean, much. Probably. So do you know when the first dildo was ever found? Or phallus, should we call it? No. I don't believe this. A 28,000-year-old phallus found in Germany recently was close to being the oldest sex toy ever known. 28,000, I mean... I mean, I guess we still had needs in those days. There's no yeah, reason why not. Definitely. The term dildo was first coined in around 1400 AD and originated from Latin for... Dil- Dilator? Dil- yeah. It's very which, unsexy. Which means open wide. Yeah. <laughs> and Italian for delight also translates as diletto. Yeah. In the Middle East, uh, historical reports reference Egyptians and the Greek using unripe bananas or firm camel dung coated in resin as sexual aids. I mean... Whatever floats your boat, <laughs> you know. Desperate needs. I'm no judgment. Yeah. <laughs> you can see this is Hayden's fact. <laughs> so our show is obviously based around people signing into your DMs and the kind of weird, well, yeah, strange messages you can receive. Mm. Are we able to open up your other inbox? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have that. Oh like, no, I'm not. People don't really send me things because I just don't encourage it. <laughs> I did get one today. I did a TikTok thing where you have to like move your head down. It makes your forehead look really big as it scans down. And <laughs> someone sent me a, a DM saying, "Do that to your pussy and send me it." Please. Oh wow! <laughs> I'll reply with one of my cock. Should we do it? No, I'm joking. Did you reply? No. I I mean, I have to say, I'm probably the worst person to do this with because I had a a stalker uh, that started on Mm. Instagram. So I kind of like just don't really encourage encourage it. Let's not do that. (laughs) Uh, Because it didn't end particularly nicely. But there was this one guy called The Secret. Oh. He'd emailed me ages ago. He'd just... Let me see if I can find one of his emails. Hi, Lily. I rep anonymous artist producer The Secret. He specialises in experimental songwriting and production. The Secret is really interested in working, writing, producing with you. He's incredibly brilliant in getting down on a very real depth with other artists and extracting a vision, truth, for a record. He's kind of like a Banksy in the music industry, mixed with Massive Attack Portishead vibe. He read your recent interview with Eve Barlow for Vulture and asked me to get in touch. Not sure if you're in the States at all, but I actually just moved to NYC. Do you have any interest in meeting The Secret and I for <laughs> lunch? <laughs> to which I just like passed it to my manager. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was on Instagram and he messaged you. He, he DM'd me on Instagram. So he was like, I want to send you some tracks. So I was like, okay, here you go. And then that happened and it was literally about two years, I think, of like him just like hammering my email address and me just being like never responding. And I think I put my manager in touch with him and said, yeah. can you just get rid of this guy? Like, <laughs> 
he's really freaking me out. And also, like, I, I had a stalker, like, break into my house. Like, can you explain to him that this yeah. is yeah, actually this quite scary and yeah. can, can he go away? And Seb was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get in touch with him. He got in touch with him and he still didn't stop. Oh, and then I got this from him on the 3rd of March this year. Hi, Lily. I want to share something with you as I'm passing this info around to any previous artist creative industry connects that I've made. Since 2013, I've let people know that I've been managing an anonymous experimental producer, artist, mixer, engineer named The Secret. And today, I'm officially releasing the anonymity aspect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm actually the producer, <laughs> <laughs> recording engineer, the secret. Right. I feel like, what was, what was that comedy thing? Um, I believe that God, the secret, gives me all the power to create everything I've ever created. And I've been keeping this quiet for seven years now. But I feel internally that God never really wanted the secret to be a secret and that this gift that I am incredibly humbled to be able to steward should be shared. With that said, I'd really love to collab and get in the studio with you. So you were also, the, you were the queen of MySpace. Still am. <laughs> you are the queen of MySpace. Um, I mean, like, that was, a, that was a different time in the messaging that oh, went on. God. Who was in your top eight? Top five, top eight. I and mean, quite a lot of people. I mean, uh, you know, changed. Adele before she was big, Florence before she was big, <laughs> Mystery Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't remember. Yours? I think MySpace should come back. Oh, I'd I love MySpace I to come back. I think it was the best. It really was. It was the best time. I oh, know. Kids don't know what they're missing. All this TikTok <laughs> nonsense. Do you, are you on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I only like recently that I have it on my phone but I don't really contribute to it so it is common knowledge if not it is now because Makita ended up telling everyone on this but you you met um, your husband on Raya I did um, yeah. was that your first dating site experience yeah and also I'd never uh, actually there was one Tinder experience but I wouldn't call that a date to be quite honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but I'd actually never been on a date before I met David. Wow. It was my first date. That's interesting. I was like, how, were you shitting yourself? <laughs> so scared. Yeah. yeah. I was absolutely terrified. We went for dinner at this place called The Wolseley, and it was just quite a fancy restaurant. It's quite sort of open, everyone could see. Anyway, I walked in. He was massive then because he'd been shooting this film and he was playing a, yeah someone that was you know a lot bigger than he is now. And he had this like mane of like long hair and a sort of man bun and totally not my type <laughs> and uh and I was like oh and then he was like oh hey you know do you have you been here before and I was like oh yeah I come here all the time my kids love the pancakes here and he went oh my god you have kids and I was like oh. <laughs> 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 
And then I just died for about five minutes. Oh, had you been flirting for a long time then? I was on holiday in Italy and had matched with him. And then I was actually sort of seeing someone else. So um, we didn't meet up. And then I broke up with someone else saying that I know I just really couldn't, wasn't like up for having a relationship at that time. Five minutes later. Five, five minutes later. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> and um, I always figure that stuff doesn't matter because if it's if it kind of like stands the test of time and it is impactful, that person, the other person, just needs to get over it. You got mm. married. Yeah. Mm. He was a huge Stranger Things fan though, oh. and I hadn't seen it, so I felt a bit mean. And he had kids as well, and the whole family liked to sit around and watch Stranger Things together. And I was like, God, <laughs> it must be quite, quite an interest. Do you have, do you have like, do you have um, like sort of fans where, you know, like a, a One Direction fans sort of like really go in? Is that kind of because it's so yeah. huge, Stranger Things? Do you have any of his fans coming? to you via the internet or vice versa yeah yeah i mean do you know on the day that my, our wedding pictures came out my follower count went up by 250,000 <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> i mean at first they were all furious like because the fan accounts think that david and winona ryder should be together right so the fact that uh, the fact that i'm not winona ryder is really upsetting to them it's also upsetting to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I've, I'm really interested in? I want to pick up on. It's like you said it was your first date. Yeah. Because like I completely relate to that in the sense that I haven't. I mean, only just really been on a date recently, kind yeah. of thing. Because I haven't been on dates. Why hadn't you been on dates? Because like, I'm why? English, isn't it? And that's what we do when we're young. It's just like you go to the pub and get yeah. drunk and then end up in bed with someone. Yeah. And then if you wake up and you're not re- disgusted the next day, then maybe you meet them again. <laughs> doing this all wrong <laughs> but i don't think that that is unconnected to the lack of orgasms that's you got a point i think that you know we in this country it's part of our, our culture is that we are facilitators of male pleasure mm. and we're and that is reflected in the fact that we're not really like asked out on dates and mm. it's, but yeah it was it was weird going on a date yeah sydney's <laughs> so, I'm really going to say because you said it last time. No, I don't. Really so, no, but I just want to know what Lily would say because. Oh, yeah, you, okay, let's get some advice. But, but anyway, yeah, yeah, you, you explain this. Basically, like if you if you so, so like in the English kind of manner of like go to the pub or you go for a few drinks and then you go back to the house. Yeah. Like if you're at the house, you stay over. If they don't try and kiss you, does that mean they're not into you? Is that like should you be like lucky that they didn't kiss you because they didn't see you as a kind of one nighter thing? I don't know because I've only ever been on one date and I ended up marrying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. I'm like, oh, you like me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to our, our sheet. Our sheet. Now we're on to the questions that Hayden has written. <laughs> oh, great. Our toxic male producer, Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you always been into older guys? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess not when I was at school. Oh um, I'm just reading. This um, I guess not when I was at school. <laughs> Although, maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I probably fancied the guys in sixth form when I was like yeah. in year 10, 11. Yeah. The I next think. question is, biggest age difference she's ever dated? Uh, well, when I was 21, I, was, I went out with a 51-year-old. Fuck off. Yeah. My my dad was 
30 years older than my mum. Really? Yeah. All right, I'll shut up then. I think if you've got the chat, it's vice versa. Can I go back to Hayden? Yes, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to. No, I know, but it's just... It's sleeping with her it dad's was friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 50-year-old. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I see. That was in the book? It is in the book, yeah. yeah. it's in the book. I'll refer you to my book. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did so, sleep let's, let's... with very old men. Some of them were friends of my dad's. Read about it in my book. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the book because I wasn't sure if you'd be bored about talking about the book. But that was obviously a huge expose on so many different parts of your life. A lot of it was sexually as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a very bold and explicit version of Lily mm. that we may not have um, known before. But what was the process of writing the book like? I mean, it was like sitting down one day a week for two years mm. and then, you know, basically taking all of that information and that data and editing it into something that made sense. We did, First of all, it was like chronologically and then it felt that didn't work and so we did the sort of chapters and of different subject matters, so like sex and money and music. And I found the process really not fun. Yeah, because it wasn't fun. I was really like isolated at the time. Uh, so I just my marriage had disintegrated, and all of my friends or people I thought were my friends had definitely like chosen Sam, my ex-husband's camp. And so I was kind of like stuck in this house. And the stalker thing happened quite soon after we broke up as well. So I was slightly traumatized and just sort of working through a bunch of stuff with my therapist. And then this book offer came in, so I was just like, you know what, might just do this all at the same time. I mean, as someone who's kind of interested in this kind of thera- therapy, I have a very mixed relationship with therapy personally. Like, was it a therapeutical experience or was it quite a hard thing to continue living with having to re-expose yourself to all that, that information? I felt like people, and it's probably like the narcissist in me, like also, you know, I've thought that people thought about me a lot more than they did. You know, I was like very like self-involved. And so I, I felt like I couldn't move on to the next stage of my life without like setting some things straight. I just had a sort of bee in my bonnet about this person that everybody thought I was, mm. which I didn't feel like matched mm. up at all. I wanted to move on with my life and like move on to the next chapter and come out of divorce and come out of all this other stuff and I just felt like I couldn't do that until I'd like got all this shit out basically and I thought why not make some money out of it how do you feel about it all now like because obviously were you drinking when you were writing it originally and like, yeah. is it like a kind of sobering experience is there a different way than how you've processed <clears> it <throat> I mean, it would be a different book now, I guess. It wasn't so much the drinking, really. I was smoking a lot of weed at that time. So I just sort of, like, run away with sort of mad thoughts. There was a lot of editing yeah. <laughs> that went on. Um, it might feel slightly more coherent if I was to do it again now. And the process, did you think it sort of contributed to the result in you getting sober or not? Like, just sort of having all of that no, stuff? No, I think they were completely unrelated. I, I just, like, I didn't really have, like, a rock bottom. I mean, I did have a rock bottom, but I didn't get sober when I was having my mm. rock bottom. It came, I sort of, like, did recovery in reverse. I kind of, like, did work the steps almost, 12 steps, um, mm. with my therapist before I'd actually got sober. But it's good being sober. Yeah. <laughs> I did your sex life. Uh, it's just different. Yeah. I actually, like, remember having sex now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. It's very interesting. Like, I have a good friend of mine sits into my DMs and she was like, I really wish you'd talk about, like, chem sex and, like, how 
the sort of judgment that women have on themselves after either being high or drunk and ending up in promiscuous situations, how that sort of leaves dents on your soul mm. and should we have more ownership of it or like is it just like a really horrible sordid part of drinking? I don't know, that's quite a big question. Hmm. I mean, I definitely have felt a lot of shame and guilt around my sexual escapades in the hours immediately afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> but I don't know if that's real guilt or shame or it's just like society's projections onto oneself, you know? Like, yeah. It's that thing when you wake up and then you have to like go through that whole process of a day of just like reliving each bit and you're just going, uh, uh, uh. and like the only way you can then sometimes get over these things is like, oh, let's go back out again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had those uh, 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 moments when it just wasn't even about sex. It's just like... <laughs> being so yeah. I, I yeah the two would like quite merge. often merge mm. you lose control don't you but it's not anymore not anymore <laughs> are your vibrators your first business venture um no i mean i had a spectacular failure of a rental vintage rental business that's right 10 you. years ago met. right around yeah. the corner it was right here your sister um so that was my first Big failure. <laughs> a lot of money. Business is a fucking prick, though, but you learn from these things. Yeah, you do. I'm very excited to receive my vibrator. I know. It's going to be my first vibrator. No, I am excited. <laughs> you've got, you've got, is there like a how-to? Is there a how-to in it? You don't, honestly, <laughs> you do not need a how-to. It's very yeah. simple. You just turn it on, put it on there, and you're away. If you have not had a vibrator, like, I've you've ha- had them, but you don't own one. Is that right? I think, no, well, I've used one, but it's not mine. Okay. It was an ex's. Well, you're going to have your own toy. Very, very own. But I've had dreams. I have, like, a quite recurring dream about vibrators. And then, like, I can definitely feel an orgasm in my dream, which I'm still really confused by. Have you ever had this? What, wet dreams? Is that what? Can you wear them and get them? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> what? That's what I'm dealing with. Jesus. <laughs> on sex out of this. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yes, it's 100% a thing. I didn't know women could get it. I mean, I say 100%. I'm sure there are people out there that can't. But you, can, you feel like you're... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can actually come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, I think well. I was. But it's true, but I can imagine me vibrate it. Yeah, you were having an orgasm in your sleep. (laughs) Oh, bless. I'm going to shut up. Coming in her sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Have we done all your questions, Hayden? (laughs) Is there anything you want to get off your chest, Hayden? How many of your dad's friends have you fucked? (laughs) (laughs) Should we round it off then? Oh, round it off. I don't know why I've gone into this um, accent. (laughs) I'm I'm still a bit embarrassed about the wet dream. (laughs) Well, Lily, thank you very much for coming on on this wet afternoon. That's (laughs) awesome. Thanks for coming in this wet afternoon. (laughs) Okay, Gizzy, chill. Thank you. uh, Yeah, I hope I can come again sometime. We look forward to receiving our vibrations. Yeah, what really, are we doing? Really lots. How do we have a real buzz about them? <laughs> you know? how, how do we like? What do we do? Go and have your wank, and then this... come back and just film your face. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just got Lily. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, on that, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> thank you for listening to our Spotify original podcast, Sex Lies and DM Slides. Please follow us on Spotify and tell all your mates about. If you enjoyed it, and if you have any weird and wonderful sex slides and DM slides stories of your own, do slide into our DMs at Sydney Lima and at Gizzy Erskine. No dick pics, please. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sex Lies DM Slides. This Spotify original podcast is a Hayden Prowse production, edited by Steve Hankey, with music by Free Seed Films. 
Our executive producers at Spotify are Rachel Simpson and Alexandra Aidy. 